Hi everyone! Before we start the show, I wanted to ask that if you like what we're doing here, you might consider donating to keep it moving onward and upward. We have a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Hegelbon and a PayPal at paypal.me backslash Hegelbon. $5 a Patreon will get you bonus episodes, but even a dollar helps more than you can imagine because no cartridge is funded by listeners like you. Thank you. Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Hegelbun on Twitter, and I'm really happy to have with me, um, you know, one of one of uh, web comics, uh, perhaps uh, elder statesman, let's say, uh, uh, Drew Toothpaste, a uh, friend of this show and also a uh, friend of the friend of the show, YKS. Welcome. Hey, what's up, Trevor? Not too much. Um, so, Drew, uh, you're basically you're you're well known for a lot of things online. Uh, what do you what would you say like is your is your uh, crowning or sort of like most seminal achievement? Oh wow! I mean, I don't know that I've achieved anything, but uh, <laughs> insofar as any of us have achieved anything online. Oh well, I mean, I think I think there's been people that have achieved stuff online. I've kind of lingered in the periphery of online. Okay. I think a lot of people who use the internet as entertainment have have probably seen stuff that I've made. I don't know that there's necessarily an awareness of, of who I am or uh, even at this point uh, among the majority an idea that I'm important in any way. But um, I've been publishing online since uh, the late 90s, uh, cool. writing illustrations, uh, kind of walked backwards into doing comics and uh, right now, my main project I'm working on is called The Worst Things for Sale. It's a, bl- it's a great site. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's a it's a blog where I talk about basically, uh, you know, bad, bad products, bad in different ways. But the the larger picture there is just basically attacking uh, consumerism and attacking uh, corporations, which, uh, believe it or not, has resulted in me, uh, being unable to make much money off of, (laughs) off of that work. Um, you're kidding. Yeah. About, uh, this is, I guess, uh, four years ago now, uh, I, you know, I, I got some banner ads on there and stuff in my, uh, and my advertising income took this huge dive and it was like, it was never huge. Right. But it took this mm-hmm. huge dive. So I'm talking with these guys, these, uh, long story. I used to go through this advertising network. That was these, these really cool, interesting guys. They were like desert libertarians. And, wow. uh, I was like, what the fuck happened to my, to my CPM? And they're like, Oh, Toyota canceled their ads, I guess, because uh, you know Toyotathon is like five months out of the year. It's like every month, every month is truck yeah. month, right? Yeah, man, but, we always look forward to Toyotathon. Yeah, yeah, but they uh, they canceled, 
So, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot oh, of man. companies that cancel. It's probably just scams on there now, but, uh, did you rip on Toyotathon? That was, that was bold. Uh, no, I don't think I even did. I just think, uh, maybe somebody was doing the rounds and were like, Hey, this guy is telling people not to buy stuff for happiness. <laughs> like that's kind of, that's kind of fucking with our game here. Yeah. That's, that's not on brand at all. Um, well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's interesting. I like the, there were, there was stuff like, and we'll get to the games in a second, but like there was stuff like, um, I think like internet of shit is something that I've seen a lot on Twitter. And like, there's like, there's a way in which it's like, I don't know, a, a sort of like, can you believe what these companies are trying to shove down our throats? And what I like about, uh, worst things for sale. And, um, it's actually an undercurrent in, uh, your Kickstarter sucks, which is a podcast with, uh, 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 bronze hammer and, uh, and, and dog boner, uh, Jesse and Mike, um, that like, there's this, there's this undercurrent of like, not just look at what these companies are doing, but like, look at the way we're living now that I think is like a lot more positive or like uh, positive is the wrong word, constructive, um, and sort of like revealing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think it's important. I think everybody has, a sense of moral obligation to their fellow humans. And I think it's important to kind of pull back the curtain because basically everything that exists online, I mean, if you're online, you're writing and you want to make ad money, you basically have to say, Hey, you know, the new gadget or whatever is, uh, here's the nine ways that the new, uh, gadget will change your life. And I think it's important to take a step back and be like, uh, you know, what would maybe be better is maybe you should go like take a long walk and like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, administer a little bit of peace to your mind and you come back home and you don't need like a scale that posts (laughs) your weight on Twitter when you stand on it. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No. And I mean, this is like, this is like the, this is always the promise. I, I went to, uh, uh, this Christmas season, I went to look for gadgets for my, for my stepdad. Cause he, he likes gadgets. Um, and I went to look and every single thing was either, um, a phone or a Bluetooth speaker. Um, and, uh, the, the sort of like nature of phones and Bluetooth speakers is each one promises you that they're the ultimate and last phone or Bluetooth speaker you'll ever need. Um, and it's weird. Like there, it, it, it's, it's at once absurd and then also extremely effective in the ways they kind of convince you that it's true that, okay, yeah. Like uh, what I need to be happy is a, a Bluetooth speaker that actually works for me or, or a new phone will make me feel a lot better. Um, and, and it, I think you're right. Like the, the worst things for sale in it in sort of like it's most um, ambitious form. And I, I think it does this, like makes you stop and think like, Hey, wait, like maybe I should, maybe I should take a walk or, or think again before I actually buy into this. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, just to to tie it back into your into your theme here, I think uh, I think a lot of video games are the same way. I think yeah, uh, definitely. You you know, there's a hundred variations on everything, and it's almost like it seems to me like when I try to buy games. I mean, I play. I've talked about this with you in private. I know. I I mean, I try to play a lot of games. And it's part of being, you know, a writer uh, trying to figure out what's going on with culture so that I can talk about it. Right. And sure. yeah, of course, uh, you know, it, it just seems to me almost that there's no middle ground between 
like a game where you're a soldier and you kill other soldiers, which is like I, I'm not into. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't sign Can't up for the arm. I didn't sign up for the armed forces. Uh, you know, if I got drafted, I would probably escape. I ain't going to lie. Right. And then, <laughs> there are there's, and then, yeah. And then there's uh, these indie games, which are which is just like a pixel that is sad. And you have to like <laughs> you have to like type in words or you have to rub it with your mouse to make the pixel happy. And then you get like happy points. It's like I, I'm totally alienated from from the way that almost all video games work. Yeah, and there's I mean there's a I know you guys you got in a little bit of trouble for um getting upset at the Allo app, which um I'm only not in trouble for because I, I try not to tweet into situations where I will be in conflict. But I agreed with you about the Allo app. Where like the so this is a self-care app, just like any sort of self-care app you've you've seen, the self-care bot, Johnny Sons thing or whatever. Um but the, I mean, there there is this twee kind of cutesy aspect to it where, um, you know, part of it is this nurturing of some sort of like some sort of childhood self. I don't know that that's represented by the pixel, right? Like rub the pixel and be happy is like a is as much a mechanic today as it's ever been. Um, so I totally get why you're why you're alienated by those things. Well, I want to I want to scroll it back just one second. Uh, first of all, uh, trouble is a fake idea. <laughs> I mean, unless unless you are being uh, it, it unless you're being prosecuted for a crime at this at the local, state, or, or federal level, there's no such idea as trouble. Hmm. Hmm. Okay, and uh, uh, second of all, um, what happened was I tweeted, and it was it, it was entirely a uh, self-deprecating joke which is my favorite kind because basically, you know, if I put myself out there and I say, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, I, I fuck up, you know, like I forgot how to walk and I fell down when I was walking, whatever, like, that's just very, everybody understands it, but nobody's the victim of that. Right. I'm the victim. I said, I'm, I'm too fucking stupid to walk. And I fell down when I was walking. That's, that's a self deprecating comment. Right. So, what I did is I tweeted and I said, hey, uh, this is Drew's wife. Uh, he died because uh, his self-care app forgot to tell him to crap and he died of crap ass. <laughs> That's almost word, almost word for word what I said. And what happened was uh, I, I believe – I didn't dig into it too deep. I believe – that there is a person who created the app and they were raising money for it. Um, and I'm not qualified to say whether it was a grift or whether it was, you know, legitimately they needed some some very large amount of money Quite a to, bit, yes. to, to make a reminder app, which um, incidentally is already available for free on every Apple and Android phone, <laughs> computer and tablet. Um so I'm again, I'm not qualified to say whether this was like some some very cynical cash grab just cloaked uh, in, in this very light poncho of sincerity and love. And, you know, uh, so I, I can't say one way or another whether that's what it was. But um, so I, I believe it was the creator of this who it, who is the one who was getting the money from it um, basically told 
their Twitter followers to attack me for writing this because, uh, you know, they they interpreted it as being um, an attack on the idea of of mental health, which, of course, um, mental health is is supremely important. Sure. Both on the personal and the societal level. Obviously, I would never attack mental health. Obviously, I support people uh, who have depression or anxiety. I have bad anxiety. Uh, I have, you know, again, I'm going to self-deprecate. I have gone to the emergency room and checked in, and the lady at the desk is like, what's wrong? I'm like, my fucking, my heart's pounding. Like, I've got tunnel vision. I can't see around the periphery. I'm going to fucking die. And I sit there in the emergency room for six hours, and the doctor says, oh, well, uh, you have anxiety. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, that's great. And he's like, yeah, the, uh, you know, the symptoms of anxiety are basically the same as having a heart attack. So, you know, your nice. left arm hurt, you know, your, your body was going numb, all this stuff. And you actually just have anxiety. So, uh, so anyway, so obviously <laughs> I'd never attack mental health, but I got, um, uh, I got some messages. I, I don't remember how many, 10 or 15 people said, you know, uh, I don't remember what they say if it's like your your trash or something. There's a word I think they use. I don't remember, but um, but what happened? And and this is really funny. Uh, what happened is a bunch of people all retweeted what I had said, and I think a lot of them were saying, "Hey, let's go get this guy. Let's oh, let's drag him." Right. I think that's what they said. Let's drag this guy. And I got like uh. I think it was like 500 odd more followers that day after this all went down. Um, nothing happened to me. Um, people, <laughs> I think nice. a couple of people uh, tried to find out. I think they were <laughs> like, let's find out where this guy works. Um, and uh, uh, I think one person uh, went to my website that was linked and they <laughs> saw that uh, ghost bed which is a mattress company, they saw that GhostBed was advertising on my site and they took a screenshot of it and they added it, like they sent it on Twitter, like in an app message, right? To (laughs) GhostBed and they said, do you want your advertisement to appear on this garbage site? And I'm sure the guy from GhostBed is like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? (laughs) Did you lose GhostBed? Did you lose the the vaunted GhostBed endorsement? I mean, I don't see, I don't know yeah. because, um, you know, my, my advertising income remained at the same low level it's always been. And, uh, ads are programmatic. Mm-hmm. So what that means is that, you know, this person very likely, um, was looking at mattresses and they got a ghost bed ad right. because they were looking at Casper or purple or, or they clicked on a purple ad or who knows what, but so, um, but so anyway, so nothing happened <laughs> in regards to that. Um, that's, you know, uh, just the emergent behavior of this many-to-many communication model that we've got in Twitter and Facebook and everything else. This is just one of the emergent behaviors that that seems truly bizarre. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a there's a sense of. And there's and I f- I find this is true in people who are um not to age both of us but uh 30 and up uh you know Drew and I are both um 
we just turned 30. We are we are fresh faced uh, 29 and 364 day year olds. Um, but no, like it, it, there's this way in which like even jokes, right? Like the idea of jokes, the idea of like joking around or, or being like having fun online has changed. And in some ways that's good, right? Like you want to, you want to make sure people aren't feeling bad. You want to make sure people are feeling like comfortable. I don't want to make anyone feel like I'm like sexually harassing them or anything like that. So it's good. Like all the me too stuff I have no problem with, you know, obviously support it 100%. Um, in the same way you said you support mental health 100%, like that's like true, but there's a way in which like that kind of joke, right? Like your, your initial tweet, uh, is somehow seen as a trenchant critique as opposed to just the throwaway joke. Um, and that kind of like seriousness, that very like self-seriousness finds its way into video games too, where like everything has to be a manifesto or a statement or some sort of like position that you are taking as opposed to just like a throwaway dumb thing like oh you know i'm odd job and golden eye because it's stupid well yeah and and i think what this leads to and i'm sure you're familiar with this is the fact that that video game journalism is uh i hate to say worse because you know i i can't read that much of it because it devolves into like people like micro analyzing games that I haven't played. Mm -hmm. So I can't really read that much into it, but I feel like it's almost worse than other sections, other segments of entertainment journalism, because I, I think video games are immersive in a way that, you know, movies and, you know, music and, and literature, it's just not as immersive in a video game you have control. So it's like this extra dimension yeah. of just being inside of it. And I, and I think that immersion is, is part of what alienates, you know, uh, folks like you and me from playing many video games. Like, I don't want to be a soldier. I don't want to be a sad pixel. Here's what I want to be. And I know, again, I've talked to you about this before. Here's what I want to be. I want to be in a video game, and I want to have full control over what's happening, and I want to kill cops. Here's what I want to do. I want to <laughs> fuck around in a video game until the cops show up, and then I want to blast the cops, and I want to make them chase me. If only there was a game that did this. I can't, I can't, I can't even imagine like a, a popular series or um, some sort of game about stealing cars, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, so to fill everybody in, here's what Trevor and I were talking about, and I, <laughs> I believe this is why Trevor invited me on here. Is we had this conversation where I said, uh, "Look, you know, I, I really, uh, I don't, I don't play any. You know, I'll play some video games." Uh, you know, I played Far Cry Primal lately. That was good. You know, you cut up animals and you make the animals into a bag and the bag gives you more arrows. It's like fine in this kind of like numerical way. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I played I played the paperclip game. Not really that fun, but it was kind of, you know, in an accumulative sort of sense, it was fun. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I played video poker and stuff like this. Again, old man games. Sure. But Grand, Grand Theft Auto absolutely is is the number one game that i've played and there's been a few other guys who are uh dads in their 30s and they've told me the same thing which is basically you know i really only like to play grand theft auto and i i feel like there are aspects 
of Grand Theft Auto that I that I do not like. I don't want to say, hey, this is blanket 100% a great game. Um, I, I don't like the way women are portrayed in the game. I uh, do not like the way minorities are portrayed in the game. Really, um, it, you know, in terms of the storyline and so forth, the storyline is is always just insanely weak. It's always like, hey, here's your new boss. Work for the boss. Oh, shit, you got to kill your boss. <laughs> and then you get a phone call and you got a new boss. So it's like... <laughs> You know, it's very it, it's very shoddy, and then they always have these accents that are like really insulting to me. I don't know if they're insulting to other people, but I always feel uh, a little bit condescended to. Well, it's all sub Scorsese stuff, right? Like it's all sort of like taking that old heist or mob movie and then kind of like genericizing it just slightly enough that it's like you know replayable. Yeah, and it and it's like. Uh, yeah, it's like Quentin Tarantino doing some kind of doing some kind of voice where he's supposed to be some kind of ethnic character or something. I, I right. don't like it. But but really the value in this series is is that you are a, a criminal. You have full agency and you have these missions you can do and the mission is, you know, you got to go to the factory and you got to kill all the guys, right? But the uh, Really, the thing that's so immersive is that you can you can fuck around and you can just rampage in this universe. And it's like it it's something that relates to your to your real life. And I don't have any urge to, you know, go on a car chase. Have you ever been in a car that's going like 90 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour? It's terrifying. Yeah, I don't like it. It's so awful. The car shakes and you realize that just the slightest thing, you know, a rock on the road, you know, you you don't grip the steering wheel just right and you're dead. You're, you're definitely going to die. The car, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, there's like there's like I I, I was on um a, a podcast. Uh, Auto Week had a podcast about uh, racing games and some of the games they gave me to try. Like I, I'm used to I mean, maybe you've played racing games in your past, like uh, Mario Kart or whatever. Um, that's basically my limit. Mario Kart F Zero, those older games, um, and so I played this whole new generation of games. And like, there was one that was an F one, like a Formula Racing simulator, a- and literally, like, I just I drove my car into a wall every time, and it was oh, yeah. terrifying and not fun. And it was like this is because this is what it's like to drive, you know, one hundred and fifty miles an hour. It's it's horrible, and you can't make one mistake or your car crashes. Um, oh yeah, so, no, yeah. I can't. I can't play racing games at all because playing racing games is like trying to have a fucking career. Yeah, because here's what you do: is you have you you have to be perfect the whole time. You have to sit there and and you have to have not only perfect reflexes, but you have to like every curve you take. You have to take the curve in the right way. Yeah, break just right, or you're going to lose pace in the yeah. race or crash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you have to like asymptotically approach <laughs> like this AI solution of a racetrack. And it's it, and it's technically speaking, you know, physically speaking, trying to control the game is very hard. Uh it, and yet like mathematically the solution is trivial. You know what you would have to do. It's just a matter of getting your reflexes to respond in the right way. And that's just very frustrating and like not 
very fun to me. And I, I think, you know, if I were 16 years old, I had great vision, which I don't, I, if I were coordinated, which I'm not, uh, just all, all these things, uh, maybe it would be fun because then it would be almost like I'm, I'm, you know, challenging my sense of coordination, but that, that ship has sailed. I do Mm. not have coordination. (laughs) Yeah, no. And I think like there, there's something about, there's something about a previous generation of gamers where like, I feel like, and gamer is actually kind of like a misnomer there because current people who are gamers um, have no real relation to what I was when I was a kid outside of being maybe like socially awkward. Um, But like when people played video games in the past, it was always because they didn't have coordination, right? Like if you had coordination, you'd go do something else. Um, And I don't know, like there's what you're saying about Grand Theft Auto, especially like GTA V, you know, there's this way that GTA five follows this trajectory that I think we all kind of came up with, which is like, you know, I, I don't know if you ever, you ever played like the old uh, pilot wings games or anything like that. Huh? No, that was, uh, I, I had, when I was a kid, I had a, uh, I had a Sega Genesis okay. and I, you know, I played that for a few years. I really honestly did not play, uh, did not play any games. Uh, I think until I got, uh, a PS two. Okay. And I played uh, Grand Theft San Andreas, really, Great, which yeah. is, which is, you know, again in my mind, probably the the best video game to me, the one that I enjoyed the most. Uh, I I can't be objective about it. Yeah, I mean, there's like, uh, I feel like San Andreas is an excellent. I mean, yeah, of course you can't be objective because it's like it was the one, it was the first game you probably, like, if it's the first game you played that actually like did something for you. I mean, I think everyone has a game like that. Uh, but San Andreas, I think, is like pretty well well loved uh, all around. And, you know, part of it to me, and I don't know, I don't know if it's this way to you, but part of it to me is like, it takes this trajectory of, um, I don't know, like, like trying to do funny things with video games, like trying to make your the plane you're flying uh, crash in a funny way or, you know, glitch out or do something crazy, uh, trying to, you know, uh, playing like you know, cruising USA at a Chuck E. Cheese or something like that and trying to like jump your car uh, into the into the, you know, San Francisco Bay or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's like that sense is not immersive. It's not about simulation, but it's about just like having a lot of really ostentatious fun. Oh, yeah. And and there's a sense of just like fucking around that you you don't get in another game. Yeah. Where you you don't have any way of of subverting what is going on, and and you know, in a to a large extent, humor is about subversion. So, you know, there's been uh, there have been many games where I have played them, and the game has been all right. I've liked it. I've played it, but it has not been funny. <laughs> and I think Grand movie. Theft, yeah, Grand Theft engages your sense of humor in such a way where. You know, they will give you, at least the older games would give you points if you flipped your car around <laughs> a bunch of times. And and I think it encourages uh, that exploration by, you know, there's there's a nominal fee. You know, if you go to the hospital <laughs> and, and again, maybe this is why I like it. If you go to the hospital and you die and they bring you <laughs> back to life and they reassemble all your bones and they give you new blood and everything – it's $5,000, right? So maybe that's why I love it as, as an American who has always struggled to pay for his health insurance. 
that is just a, a relief. You know, I've got $700,000 that is apparently just in my pocket as I'm walking down Grove Street. Right. You know, I get in my, you know, and I get in my El Dorado and I ramp it over the stadium and I land the wrong way and I die $5,000 and I'm, I'm all good to go. I even, you know, I still have my Uzi and, and all this. It's just under your deductible. It's nice. I mean, it's, it's very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, yeah, I, I think that's right. Like it's, it, and I like the way you talked about like the soldier games being like, you know, in any of these games, you have to be a soldier and, and get into it and like, you know, kill the other soldiers or like in racing games, it's like a career. I like, I even feel like you play older games. Like um, a friend of mine got me uh, to play uh, counter-strike the other day, which is just like, you know, a very popular, uh, basically a very popular half-life two mod that's become competitive for, you know, a decade plus at this point. Um, and it was fun because it wasn't, it wasn't at all serious. Like, of course it was like terrorists versus counter terrorists, but it was like very aloof. It was not trying to make you feel like you were in the military. It was not trying to like give you a sense of immersion in an, in an intense world or something like that. It really was just like, you know, capture the flag effectively. And like, I, I feel like that sense of aloofness, that sense of, of, as you say, like subversion by way of like pointing out that you're just like playing a video game and should have some fun. Uh, that's not, yeah, I think that's missing in a lot of video games. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I tried to play a couple of the call of duties, you know, just like I said, I, I (laughs) try to get a sense of what's going on in society. I'm not one of those guys that says, Hey, you know, I've never listened to pop music. I don't experience popular video games. Um, I don't know anything about it. I am like aesthetically and ideologically pure. I'm definitely not that guy. I like just getting out. I like fucking around. I, I like to listen. Uh, I don't like it. Uh, I, I do not like call of duty. I do not like, um, I'm struggling. I, I don't like, uh, Taylor Swift aesthetically. Like I'm a 38 year old man. <laughs> I have fully accepted my like dad status. Uh, uh, you know, I listen to jazz and like soul music, whatever. Nice. But I, but I like listening. Like a record player? Do you, do you have like the whole dad setup? Oh, I mean, I have a I have a turntable and and right. LPs and stuff. Uh, I mean, most of most of the music that I listen to is on my computer, just because I can't have three thousand LPs. Just uh, <laughs> part of the part of the problem, actually. I had like a little bit of a vinyl problem because you can get vinyl records real cheap Mm -hmm. um and my office where i keep all my shit is is in the attic of my house and i can't keep uh, vinyl there well no i can i mean it's air conditioned and everything else but um you know it it's this really weird setup uh basically the floor was put in after the fact because it used to be some sort of room i don't I don't know exactly what's going on, but it, it was, uh, when it was redone, I guess they expanded the downstairs room so that it was like cathedraled up into the attic. And then they put a floor in after the fact and the floor like kind of moves when I step on it. And (laughs) so I just, like I said, I, I've got anxiety. And so I think about all these records just like crashing through the floor, like the floor is going to collapse. Right. I think about it every day. Right. The floor is going to fucking collapse. So I had to get rid of a lot of my records. You know, I digitized a lot of them, blah, blah, downloaded 
you know, digital copies of them from Amazon or whatever. So I could, uh, so I could, uh, lose this, this physical, you know, albatross in my life. But, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I like to experience new things just to see what's going on. It's, and it's not a very laborious process. You know, you can listen, uh, uh, at, at the time of recording this today, um, yesterday, a rapper called Lil Peep, L-I-L Peep, just died. Uh, he yeah. was born in 1996, died in 2017. Um, Very sad. You no, know, sad, absolutely sad story. Um, and I don't think it's disrespectful to say, right, as, as a 38-year-old dad, I don't think it's disrespectful to say his music was not made for me. I'm not the target demographic. I listened to it. Now I know what it sounds like. Uh, so, so you know, I listen to a lot of rap, and uh, I I love rap. I I think the '90s was like the late '80s. The '90s was just like a golden age for rap in terms of you know new techniques coming out and these rappers just really expanding their craft. In expanding, you know, the sonic boundaries of the rap universe, mm-hmm. and uh, I I listened to this guy Future, who is like old news at this point, right? Future, Dirty Sprite, all this, and sure. it's like, and it sounds like a, a demo file of the Auto Tune plugin. It's like here's <laughs> like the the basic. Here's an example of what you would do with it, and then he's like, "Fuck it," and he put it out as like albums. Yeah. So like everything, all this stuff sounds the same to me. There's like these, these little sonic subtleties that somebody who grew up with this and really likes this music is going to understand. And, and I just don't. And I think that's what we're talking about when, when I say, you know, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, this came out 13 years ago. This is my personal favorite game. I think it's a matter of, uh, you know, this, this is something that was very funny that I enjoyed greatly, you know, right when it, right when it came out and I'm not even the target demographic for say, uh, Grand Theft Auto five, which, right. uh, I've played, I've played, uh, with my friends. I played by myself online. Um, I, I played the story missions. I'll, I'll go and do the open world and whatever. And if they ever, release updates to the single player version I'll, I'll get them for sure and play them but uh uh one of the one of the so i had grand theft auto 4 right mm-hmm. right i got this uh i got this right when it came out uh i i was stressing out i was like fuck i was like they're gonna make a whole new grand theft auto it's gonna be on this new system i don't have this new system and uh, my wife got it for me for my birthday, like right before my daughter was born. So this was in 2008. Great mm-hmm. game. But it was my first time playing online multiplayer in the modern sense. Oh, which, yeah. So, so. Uh, it's a chore. I mean, I, I never had a gaming PC. I never played uh, Halo or uh, any of those games where it's like online multiplayer shoot, whatever. So I got on there and uh, one of the first games, so I went and I played through the single player. I was like, I don't have any desire to do the online thing, right? So I go through and I play the single player for several months, just really taking my time, having fun, very fun game, uh, really enjoyed it, went to, the, went to the multiplayer thing and there's like, you know, you get the headset and the mic. So I got one, I plugged it in 
and uh, I'm talking to these, uh, what I guess turned out to be children, <laughs> right? Which was very, which was very strange to me. I mean, this was right, right around the time my daughter was born. You know, a lot of my friends uh, already had kids. So I was not like uh, a stranger to talking to to little children or even to teenagers, uh, but uh, I remember getting on the game, and I think this was maybe the last time I I got on there. <laughs> so there's an idea of this this free mode where you go in, and there's no missions or anything. It's just like eight or ten or I think sixteen people all in the same world. They can run into each other in the cars. They can shoot each other. You can talk to people. Uh, and as I discovered, and, and this is an extremely old trope at this time, but there were 10 year olds saying, uh, saying racial slurs on there. And I was like, what? I was like, do you even know what that word means? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Why, I why mean, would I invite myself into this hell? Like, it's just, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's a nightmare yeah. world. Like, you just like, why would you click yeah. the button where you suddenly get to hear 10-year-olds saying racial slurs at, at you? Oh, yeah. 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 And so I was like, uh, and I mean, I had read about it. Make no mistake. You know, I'd read about just for years, uh, you know, children on Halo or Counter-Strike or uh, uh, Ultima or I don't know, any of these other games. And uh, I went on. And I talked for a little bit and there was like this dead silence. And then some kid goes, who's the old guy? <laughs> oh, no. And, bef- you know, I, I should have just turned it off there. Should've I should have just turned it off you. there. But I remember yeah. this. And this is like, you know, 2008. So this is nine years later. Uh, so, uh, you know, the, uh, it, it was like 2008, 2009, something like that. And uh, some like, I'm, I'm not old, is my response. I said, I'm not old. And this kid in this prepubescent voice says, how old are you? <laughs> and I said, I'm 29. And I heard instantly, I heard like six kids just cackling. <laughs> they, they were just like the idea that, that being 29 was not old was like, not even like it was just an instant reaction. They just all laughed simultaneously. And I was like, ah. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like, this is, I, I'm not going to participate in this. Right. I like, I mean, that's extremely relatable to me. I play, uh, I, I'll play a uh, player unknowns battleground, which I like, but I have to turn off the, the voice mode. Cause I can't, I can't hear all those kids. Cause immediately I become self-conscious. Um, and I think there's something there's something refreshing. Um, uh, uh, our friend Jesse, who I brought up before, uh, our mutual friend, um, also does a, a gaming stream. Uh, he, he's been doing it recently. He talked about it on the show a while back um, with uh, with Stefan Heck. And what I like about their stream is that it leans into that, like it leans into the discomfort. Like Stefan will lie to Jesse and say, like, "Oh, hey, like this game isn't online, but it'll be against you know ninety nine children or whatever." Uh, and Jesse just yeah. has to experience yeah. it. And there's something like there's something very honest about that. Like there's something that captures the feeling of like, yeah, this isn't what I this isn't what I thought I signed up for when I said I wanted to play video games. Like this this doesn't feel like video games anymore. This feels like something different and worse. Yeah, I I think there's an element of 
control in a video game. Mm. And, you know, I don't, I'm not megalomaniacal in the world. And, you know, I'm used to, here. here's my viewpoint of how I interact with, you know, Twitter, social media, whatever, which is I'll write things and I'll put them out there and I have no control. And I often, not always, but I can often not tell if what I make is going to be popular. Mm. So I basically employ a shotgun approach, which is I'm going to make, you know, a hundred or I'm going to make a thousand every year. You know, I don't set a target for myself, but every year I might make a thousand things that I like little pieces of writing about a product. I might make, you know, tweets. I might make some kind of comics, whatever. And I'm going to throw them out there and, you know, if one blows up, if one is really popular and it really resonates with people, then that's great. It's not my job to tell people what they should mm-hmm. like. And I feel I feel more and more like, you know, uh, as much as the idea of social media has been touted as some kind of ongoing group conversation <laughs> what it really is is you've got these these segments of people and so you know i'm already i'm sure you have too have run into these segments of people like the the app people we were talking about yeah. earlier where um you know i think everybody except for the Nazis, basically have the same goals in interacting with the internet is they want to find a community of people that they can talk to that has gone through the same experiences or at least will talk with them. They they want to have emotional support from other people. And me, you know, being a humor writer, I experience a lot of the world through humor um, it it's just a way to combat, you know, just the inherent nihilism of existing in the right. universe, particularly you know, this universe. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know what happens is you you start getting older, and you know it starts kicking, and people start dying. Make no mistake. I mean, you get, you know, you talk to an old guy, and the old guy's like, you know, all my friends are dead, right? <laughs> well here's what's fucked up is, you know, your, your relatives, your, your grandparents, your uncles, your aunts, and, and eventually your parents. And then, you know, people of your own age start dying. And so you've got this realization that, Hey, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I, I've got a, I've got a countdown timer. I don't know what it's on right now, but it's yeah, ticking down. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you start. You start. Uh, there, there's a there's a distinct and discrete moment, and I feel like a lot of people who are listening to the show maybe haven't haven't had this yet. But there's a distinct moment where you start to feel your own mortality, and you think like, "Oh yeah, that's going to happen to me." Yeah, and and uh, I'll tell you, I was in when I was 15 years old. I was in just a terrible car accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of mine was driving a car uh, and we were on the interstate and uh, one minute we're driving and the next minute I look up and the car is like still going forward but not pointed forward and you know I'm screaming and the other people in the car are screaming and uh, 
it's dark and I can see the headlights reflecting off the guardrail. And I realize that we're going off the road and the car swings around, you know, violently swings around. And I can see the other side of the road. We start heading towards the other side of the road. I'm in this compact car uh, and I, I had my seatbelt buckled and the car rolls over. I, I don't know how many times, probably between five and wow. seven times. The car rolls over, comes to a stop upside down. And in that point, when the car was rolling over, and here's here's something that if you've never been in a car accident, you know, that's great <laughs> if you've never been in a car accident. Uh, but here's something you don't understand is it is the loudest thing you will ever experience. I don't care if you've been to concerts I don't care if you have, you know, fired a, a a gun or something, whatever you're into, it is the loudest thing you will experience because you've you've never had an experience in a car be loud. You expect when you go to a concert that it's going to be loud. You expect when you fire a pistol or something, it's going to be loud. But you you do not expect this level of sound in a car. And the and the sound is terrifying. It's metal scraping on metal. And, and glass breaking and just the crunching of the entire body of the car. And I remember I was 15 years old and I remember thinking, I'm definitely going to die. This is actually when I'm going to mm. die. I just, and, and I had this thought like, well, I assumed it was going to be when I was like, I don't know, 150 <laughs> years old, right? Because we live in the future because it's the right, 90s, sure. right? Uh no, I'm 15 years old. It's uh, 1994. Um, I'm in the backseat of a Volkswagen, and I'm going to fucking die. And I'm not even kidding you. My life actually flashed before wow. my eyes. And I was like, this is it, and I'm not going to fuck. <laughs> like this, I can't even believe this. Like I've heard so much about it. I've seen uh, I've seen pornos and and I'm not going to fuck. Right? Anyway, yeah. so the car lands, the car <laughs> lands, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm still here. Wow, all right. So I'm still for at least for right now. I'm still alive. I don't know what's going on. And without thinking, what I did is I oh, unbuckled my no. seatbelt and I immediately fell onto my head in a pile of broken glass on the roof of the Volkswagen. Oh, no. Anyway, so it was at that moment, which I, I don't believe is super common. I mean, some people have that experience when they're, when they're children, when they're teenagers or, or when they're young adults, they have that experience that they're going to die. So I definitely knew at that point, you know, I remember going to school on Monday and I was walking around and everything was the same, but I remember looking around and walking through the halls and I was like, I don't think any of these people understand that they're going to fucking die. <laughs> I don't think like even the teachers, I don't know that they get yeah, it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I got it. I got it in that moment, in that moment. And I think that is honestly part of what spurred me to uh, to do what what I feel like I have to do, you know, creatively. Hmm. Um and, you know, I, I put myself out there a lot. I self-deprecate a lot. Uh, I I leave myself open. Certainly, whenever there's any text box that invites somebody to comment on something I've done, somebody types something in it. But, you know, uh, I, I know especially, uh, you know, I put out some rap albums. Mm. You know, I love rap. I love rapping. 
Uh, I love the music. I love the experience of doing it. Um, and I think it was really surprising to a lot of people that being, you know, basically this, this 30 odd year old white bald man that I would just be like, Hey, I'm going to rap in it. And especially that I'm not going to put on, you know, a, a fake voice or whatever. I mean, my rap basically sounds like, like me talking maybe with a little bit more right. rhythm. And, and I think having those kind of experiences and, and understanding just how temporary everything is kind of maybe leads you kind of pushes you along the, the way into, into getting things done, which is, uh, which is the answer to, to something I think a lot of people ask me, which is, uh, either how or why do you put so much stuff right. online? And I think, uh, you know, I think that ties into it, but, uh, you know, like you, like you said, as, as we grow older, I think we realize that our peers are kicking off. You know, I'm not little peep is not my peer, right? Some guy named named Gustav who was born uh, when I was in high school and he took too much Xanax or or whatever. And I don't want to I don't want to make light of his death. Mm -hmm. It's horrible, and it's a loss. Uh, you know, regardless of what you, the listener, think about this guy's this guy's music it's it's a loss of life and it's a loss of of potential you know he connected with a lot of people but uh you know you you have to uh you have to understand exactly what is uh what's being lost if you are fucking around and you're playing call of duty not because you like being a soldier or not because you know you enjoy the reflexes you you find it to be a mental pursuit you know i'm not going to judge somebody if they think that playing call of duty is a real mind bender then you know that that's great but i think playing shitty video games that don't make your life better in the pursuit of trying to fulfill an identity for yourself mm. as a gamer is is ultimately tragic. Yeah. Wow, that, that that I didn't I didn't see that ending coming, but I I completely agree. I think that's a Yeah, that's a that's a really good way of putting it, uh, especially because of course like uh, gamer is one of those identities like many identities, uh specifically in the tech realm that are defined by which commodities you buy, which is not um, healthy. Yeah. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm noticing, which, you know, I, I hate to rehash. I don't want to rehash, you know, a, a discussion that has already happened in the gaming sphere that perhaps a lot of people are more familiar with than I am. But, uh, the idea of abstracting games to the point where you're watching somebody else play a game and you're experiencing their experience of it just seems uh, it, it, it's not that i dislike that which i do <laughs> but it's that it it seems that ex that abstracting your own experience to that point is is again tragic because you know i think the average person has 
a lot more to experience than than watching somebody else play Minecraft, or as I would call it, being a 38-year-old dad, I would call it Minecraft, <laughs> right? Well, as a 38-year-old and, dad, and you'd have so, to. Yeah, that's you're required by law. Yeah, ab- absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I think, but, and again, you know, I think a lot of that is, you know, self-identifying as somebody who is alienated from what is perhaps the prevailing culture and, and, you know, crafting a sense of identity for yourself as being alienated from, you know, gaming culture or, or, you know, music and entertainment culture is certainly something that a lot of people also do. But, uh, you know, I, I think that a, a lot of this stuff that's coming out and the reason why I'm so alienated from it is exactly what you said, which is that there is no humor in any mm-hmm. of this. And, and uh, it seems more often than not that, you know, people are, you know, trying to replicate in an experience or an idea of a, of a commercial property as a way of just abstracting this enjoyment where, where they could be, you know, actually doing something, uh, doing something themselves. And it's entire and it's entirely possible that I just don't get it. I and, and this is just as it occurs to me. I'm not stating objective truth. I'm just telling you, hey, as you know, uh, as you know, somebody who's conscious of their own mortality and uh, somebody who who really just likes to kill policemen in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> you know, I like to bait them over, and then it's just like a fucking candy store. Am I going to throw Molotovs at them and watch them walk around on fire until they collapse screaming? Am I going to shoot an RPG? Uh, I know, and and this is particularly funny, in the new Grand Theft Auto, in Grand Theft Auto 5, you can have have, uh, bottle rockets, I think. It's a bottle rocket or a Roman candle or something, and you can fuck up when you're selecting a weapon. (laughs) And you can shoot a bottle rocket at a cop, and then the cop kills yeah, the you, cop and then bad. you're out five thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, you're yeah. out five grand, and you have to. Yeah, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I, I think that's. I mean, I don't want to actually add too much to that because I think it's really, really smart and really interesting. The, the sort of like a uh, a modern Ozymandias, like a sort of like uh, you know, look at my works, you mighty and despair, sort of thing. Um, but let me ask you before we end, because we're, we're sort of getting to our time, I think, um, and I don't want to keep you too much longer. But the um, I had one dad question for you. Uh, and this is coming from me as a dad. It could be the final thought uh, or you can add more. Um, why, if you were in a, uh, a terrible car accident, do you play for leisure a game where you get into terrible car accidents? Why? Well, I, I mean, I think that's a I think that's a very good question. And I'll tell you something. Uh, I remember, you know, it, it, it was absolutely, it it was an event that I'm, I'm sure traumatized me. I don't want to downplay the, the scale of the event. I remember, uh, because I was, because I was a minor, uh, I got out of the car. I wandered around. I didn't have my glasses. I can't see for shit as a side note. I can't see for shit. So I wandered around some guy, you know, a bunch of people stopped their cars. Sure. Uh, some guy went up in the wreckage, got my glasses out. Uh, very nice. Uh, 
So I, you know, got my glasses. They strapped me to a stretcher because they said, well, you know, you're a kid. We got to take you in, check you out and all this. And I remember uh, they put me in the ambulance and I, I don't remember the circumstance, but we were in an ambulance and and I was strapped down to the stretcher and I was just staring at the ceiling of the ambulance. The guys kept asking me questions. They're like, you know, do you have any feeling in your legs? I'm like, my legs feel fine. Like my body feels fine. Like I'm pissed off. Uh, you know, I'm like full of adrenaline. Yeah. Uh, I I somehow magically through the through the grace of uh, if if I were religious, I'd say the grace of God. You know, I I'm not, so I would say the grace of nothing. By the grace <laughs> of nothing, I didn't piss myself. Uh, and and so the ambulance is going, and at some point we rolled over gravel, and I just had this shock go through my system. I'm like. I'm getting in another fucking car accident. Oh, yeah. Right? And I was – and uh, then, you know, we went we went to the hospital. Finally, my dad picks me up. It's like 2 o'clock in the morning. We're driving in the car, and I'm having a horrible fucking time driving in the car because just like every turn that he yeah, makes in the car. you're thinking the next accident. Yeah. It is just awful. Yeah, it just, you know, reminds you of this terrible thing that happened. And I, I think I realized to, to be a functional person. And uh, again, this was, this was very lucky for me to, to have the realization that I, I would just have to deal with it. And I just have to try to be a safe driver. I will say I've never gotten in an accident of my own accord. You know, there've been people that have turned there, there've been people that turned left in front of me. Uh, somebody's backed into my car or whatever, but you know, I'm a very safe and a very defensive driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just finally accepted. I said, well, you know, uh, if, if somebody fucking just runs into me, if I'm, if the light turns green and I look and I go through an intersection and somebody comes out of nowhere and T-bones me, I mean, that's just the way it is. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, and I'm sure it's informed my anxiety. I'm sure it's informed, uh, my opinion about the world, which is that, you know, nothing is fair. You might die before you fuck. <laughs> you know, there's just, uh, there's a million awful things happening to everybody everywhere. But, uh, you know, I think going through Grand Theft Auto and you play a game like that and you get in these terrible car accidents. And I know up until I think Grand Theft Auto 4, you would uh, you would get in a bad accident. You could just go head on into somebody and nothing would happen. I know in the newer ones, you can fly out of the car. Certainly, if you're on a motorcycle, you can get bumped off the motorcycle. But I think honestly doing that like. A thousand, five thousand, ten thousand times. It's, you know, it's kind of nice, mm. you know, really to to not have the constraints of the physical world. Where, okay, I can get in this game and I can get this, uh, I can get this supercar, whatever they named the fake Lamborghini. <laughs> I can get in this. And I can go 150 miles an hour and I can T-bone a cop and I'll fly out of the windshield. I'll be at 5,000 bucks. But really, there's there's no consequences. And I think, again, that is – that's what's so appealing is you can you – can, uh, 
you can do that and you can maybe experience a, a world that's not so fraught with anxiety over every decision where you can just kind of fuck around. Mm. You can, and I mean, look, I mean, you can like not even, uh, you can like not even have a gun and a cop might kill you. Right. Like here in the real world. Uh, I grew up in Cincinnati. Uh, and Cincinnati is known nationally for a, a police force that uh, kills black men. Right. And so, you know, certainly you, you grow up with this knowledge that uh, certainly that life isn't fair, but that uh, <laughs> you you have to be very careful with cops because you don't know what the <laughs> fuck they're going to do. Right. Right. And yeah. And, and, so I think, you know, going in Grand Theft Auto, getting in a car, running over a cop, you know, running into a cop car, you know, I I really think that smooths over the rough edges of life and, and lets you feel like, you know, this is a place where I can finally be myself. Well, I think that is... That's lovely and a, and a perfect place to stop. Drew, I, I really appreciate you coming on. This has been really fascinating for me and, and fantastic. Um, anything you feel like we, we didn't touch on? No, no. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we covered it all. Hey, listen, Trevor, thanks so much for inviting me yeah, on. Uh, I, I love being on. Uh, I love being on podcasts and uh, I've enjoyed your work. Oh, well, I appreciate so I really that. Appreciate Anytime. It. And, and people can find you at Drew Toothpaste on Twitter. Um, and all over the place. I mean, toothpaste for dinner, married to the sea, uh, worst things for sale, uh, compressor. If you want to look up an older, an older hit uh, with a K, like the car. Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Oh, your rap, your rap work. I mean, yeah, crud, there's that. Uh, it, it's under crud bump. Yeah, crud bump. Crud bump. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll be doing something else soon too. So uh, yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. And and really, anytime. This has been lovely. Sure thing. Hey, thanks again, Trevor. Absolutely. <laughs>